listening to We're Talking Drums, creating conversations with the world's top drummers in the most extreme genres. This episode is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one choice for drumsticks. They provide the wood you need to make the beats you deserve. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Now with your host, Corey Hoffing. All right. Uh, welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. I am your host, Corey Hoffing. How are you doing today? How is your week going? Uh, how is the weather where you're at? You know, the weather here has been all over the place, man. Like one second, it is super warm and sunny. And then all of a sudden, it is cold and snowing. Ah, it is definitely springtime in Canada. I'll say that much. All right. Enough about the weather, man. We're here to talk some drums. So, you know, uh, before we get into this week's episode, I just want to say a big thank you to all you fans out there. You guys are sharing our episodes. You guys are leaving reviews. You guys are spreading the good word of the WTD podcast. And I am loving it. So keep that up. You know, when you go to visit your grandma uh, this weekend, then, you know, just toss on a good old episode of We're Talking Drums. I know she'll love it. Absolutely, man. Just put that uh, put that playlist on and, and let her rip. Um, other than that, guys, you know, um, we, did, we did start a, uh, a Patreon page. If you want to support this podcast uh, even further, patreon.com backslash We're Talking Drums, uh, $2 a month, and, uh, you know, gets you the episodes... A little earlier, a little sooner, and uh, we're going to be doing some special merch drops there. we got some big, big things coming down the pipes merch-wise, and, uh, you know, this uh, this We're Talking Drums train is uh, just getting going. Just getting going. And, uh, you know what? Talking about getting going, this week's guest is none other but Isaac Lamb from the band Kublicon. All right, if you have not heard of these guys, then I highly suggest checking them out. They are a sick blend of uh, hardcore and metalcore. And honestly, man, if you go to the gym or, you know, or just like good driving tunes or anything, like these guys are super sick. They rip super hard, and uh, you know what? I had a great chat um, with Isaac. He's a super sick dude. They have a brand new EP coming out April 1st, so that's either tomorrow, today, or it's already out. You know what? And you can go listen to it. Either way, it is called The Lowest Form of Animal, and it is... Super awesome. Highly, highly suggest checking it out. So go go take a listen to that. If you haven't already, then come back and uh and check out the the podcast, you know. We uh we talk about uh, a lot of stuff, you know. We talk about those good old MySpace days back uh back when our bands were in their pubescent stages. Uh, and, uh, the time, the time before smartphones existed when we were trying to play shows and tour, Ooh, that was, they were, 
Those are different times, that's for sure. Uh, we talked about how he started playing with Kublai Khan and uh, how, how that all kind of came to be. Um, the fun times at Heavy MTL, riding around in golf carts, you know, and just how how crazy that shit is. And, uh, you know, what he shared, uh, shared some stories of uh, some relatively uncomfortable times on stage, you know? <laughs> Um, I'm going to let your, your imagination wander until you get to that part. All right. So without any further, further ado, here is my conversation with Isaac Lamb of Kublacon. Isaac Lamb, thank you for joining the We're Talking Drums podcast. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. That's good, man. Do you got, yeah. Do you got a, a drink with you? I I don't, dude. That's uh, no good. You should reach behind you. and see a bunch of bunch of on, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's leftovers. I uh, got married in when was that? Into January, and this is some of the leftovers. So it's just been sitting here. Oh shit! Eh? Wow, that yeah. long? Eh? Wow, that's that's well, pretty good. Well, here. okay. What really happened is the uh, let me adjust this down right here. The wedding was in California. I live in Nashville. The wedding was in California, and then just left everything there but then just a week or two ago i bought a van in california so i flew out and i just brought everything that i had left there back with me so that's why it's that's why it's still here okay that makes a little yeah. more sense then yeah <laughs> yeah i've only had like a week with it so okay yeah because i've seen some uh full bottles of, some seals but, there yeah. yeah 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 absolutely dude oh it looks tasty i know dude, I, I wish uh, i could share with you <laughs> To be honest, man, I don't drink anymore. I'm uh, oh, okay. I'm actually coming up on close in June. It'll be two years since I've oh. had a drink. So, congrats! Yeah, that's why I like to do. I live off coffee. Uh, oh, okay, and coffee yeah. and water is like pretty much all I have. Um, a good buddy of mine, though, he was he's not drinking right now. I think just due to like um, fitness reasons, and mm -hmm. he is mixing virgin cocktails all the time. Okay, Matt, our singer Matt, he does that. He loves it. Loves yeah. doing those. Yeah, cuz when when I start drinking, I'm like, okay, I guess that's it. Like I'm just drinking water, coffee, like super yeah. boring lame stuff and I'm like, man, I could I could be mixing some really tasty drinks. Yeah. You know, like, hmm, I might get into that when I if I if I ever have any time. You know. That's fair. That's <laughs> you know? fair. Yeah, yeah, time is uh, always very very limited, you know. Mhm. Mm yeah, man. Uh, so you're living in Nashville. Um, yes. Does the rest of the band, the you guys are originally from Texas, correct? Texas, yeah. I've, I've lived in Oklahoma uh, basically my whole life, like right across Texas border. That's how I met Matt, um, just playing local shows together. Nice, man. But yeah, the band's from Texas. Uh, we have one guy living in Texas currently, but he actually has just last year moved back there from Nashville. So... Uh, the same weekend that I moved from Oklahoma to Nashville, so. Oh wow! Eh? Yeah, <laughs> you guys just don't want to live uh, anywhere close to each other. I guess we're eh? just. Oh man, I, I would love it. I miss. I miss like being able to hang out when we're not on tour, and like we really can get so much more done when we're together. But mm -hmm. it's just sort of where life has taken us. You know, our bass players. He's always lived in Jersey, but Matt's been the last five years moving all over the country, just doing different stuff. So. 
Oh, yeah. He's in Florida now. Uh, oh, wow. Loving it, I think. Yeah. I don't know. He's just kind of like a nomad, eh? Like, he can't he, stay, he stay still oh, yeah. at all. Eh? That's exactly it, yeah. yeah. That's sick, man. See, I... Uh, I, I have bands like kind of all over the map uh, mm-hmm. right now. Like I'm, I'm about like an hour outside of Toronto, okay, uh, up here in Canada, and then um, I have a band about an hour west of me, and then another band about like forty five minutes north of that. So like. I don't really see anybody that often. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like if you like, want to see your people, you're like all travel traveling. Oh yeah, man. I'm in the car for hours, especially yeah. like when we have gigs and stuff like that. Like, and we have to do rehearsals. I'm back and forth like crazy. And yeah, uh, man. So I'm taking, uh, I told the guys like I'm taking a couple of weeks off here. I'm like, I'm, I'm not coming down for jam or writing sessions, like write some stuff, send it to me. Yeah. You know, like I still want, you know, we'll, we'll still keep, keep busy and whatnot, but man, I can't be driving back and forth, man. That I mean, uh, that's like, I feel that cause that's, where where we started, like where Matt and I live, is on the you know the Red River. It's right on the Texas Oklahoma border, mm-hmm. and it's about two hours from Dallas, Oklahoma City, and Tulsa. So it, when we you know when we started playing shows, we you know we were playing barns and garages and wherever. Sick. But then once we started playing real shows, you know we're traveling to Dallas or Oklahoma City every time to play a show, and so mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's a two hour trip there and two hours back after the show. So. Yeah, dude, that's rough. Especially when you're at that like local band. When you're, oh, just, you're renting a trailer, borrowing your dad's truck. Yeah, 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 man. yeah. just to go down and play to fifty people. Yeah, you know, in a warehouse back. with no AC in summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And get paid like twenty bucks. Maybe you get a couple oh, if, drink if tickets. Even. Yeah, if, if even. Yeah. yeah, you're doing it just no, for the there's love no. There's no. There's no bar at those shows. There's no drink tickets. Also, we were all like. 19 18 like we couldn't drink anyway you know oh touche yeah see yeah. drinking age is 19 up here man oh so, okay uh, okay yeah but like still uh we were always um always have been and probably always will be uh the the guys to bring our own beers and drink in the van you know i feel you yeah i feel yeah, it. Yeah. i mean i can't i can't afford to drink at a bar every day so god no man but at least like now you guys are getting to the point that it's uh you you probably have like a decent rider and all that right if you if it you depends choose. depends on the day the tour the city like it's it it's crazy it varies so much and that, that's one thing that it's so surprising to me because us in every band you know like i can i can play a festival to eight thousand people mm-hmm. and then following that a month later do a tour playing club shows to 200 kids a night you know like it just it varies so much yeah well it's like you you go over to europe and they literally give you everything they treat you like royalty and then you get get back to north america like and go tour in the states and you're like fucking there's no ac and the green like room, anywhere the green the room, room is underneath the venue bathroom and it's dripping piss onto the couch yeah for the whole show yeah that's like <laughs> yeah no wonder all these european bands don't want to tour here they're like you know what no, we're good yeah we're good they've man. got it they've got it made over there they're set yeah man especially when you can draw like thousands of people a night oh it's crazy oh. yeah i feel like the the ceiling in europe is just a lot higher than the u.s maybe i don't know for for certain bands at least um it's a lot higher in europe 
Yeah. Uh, it it all depends, I think. But yeah. uh, definitely, oh, yeah. just overall, as far as like heavy music goes, I think yeah. Europe definitely is way more accepting of it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Just even especially just, Germany, Germany oh and UK, God. just beautiful. Yeah, beautiful shows. Yeah. Germany's Germany's the best. Ugh, I miss it so much. <laughs> I know, I know. We had a we had a Europe headliner that it was a one of the failed COVID tours um, that has been rescheduled like four times. The lineup has changed four times and yeah. So (laughs) we're just still waiting, you know? Yeah. Just waiting to figure it out. But um, you guys do have a tour coming up real soon. Yes. Very soon. uh, With Knocked Loose. That should be, that should be a fucking banger of a tour. Oh yeah. Super. I'm super excited for that. They're just, you know, they're the best band. They're great guys. They're always fun mm-hmm. to be around. And the shows are, it's a big tour, you know, it's a big tour for us. So I'm excited to just sort of play some bigger stages, some bigger rooms, you know, yeah, with man. some bands, you know, new bands, new people. So it's going to be good. Well, that goes from the end of March all the way to like almost like the second uh, week of May. Yeah. It's like uh, five five weeks, I think, like right around five weeks. That's a that's a fucking long tour, man. Oh yeah. Oh, you already yeah. got some sold out dates in there too, man. So anyone uh looking to hit this tour up, get your tickets now, man, cuz Yeah. Yeah, those are that's going to be some fun shows, it's, man. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. Yeah. That's that's sweet, man. Uh all right, dude, let's let's get into some um some drum chats then cuz uh, I kind of so I, I have a, my my good buddy of mine. His name's Jared. He plays for this band called Gavel. He wanted me to uh, throw him out on this episode. So there you okay. go, Jared. Uh, he's a he's a massive <clears throat> fan of the band and yourself. And he uh, he kind of brought to my attention how unique your setup is that you only use one rack tom. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. No, I sorry. Like no rack toms. And no, only no one, rack tom. One floor. One floor yeah. Tom. Uh, yeah. How did you kind of? Because I've I've had guys on the podcast that uh, everything from like hip hop, punk rock, um, hardcore, like metal, everything, but everyone always seems to have a rack tom. So, it's the standard setup. It's like yeah, the go to one up, setup. one down. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. You know. So how did you come to get a setup? that you're like, you know what? I don't need this thing. Like, was it cause, cause I was thinking about it too. And I was like, was it that you can literally, you can put the, the kick drum down, stack the floor Tom on, put the snare on top. Oh, it is and you nice. can carry it. You can it carry nice. it all yeah. together. But if you have a, a one more Tom, you're like, <clears throat> that, that gets a little sketchy. It's man. a little too <laughs> tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that no, it? I, uh, no. Well, I mean, that's, I feel like that's just a nice bonus that there's less gear in the van. Cause Back when I, you know, when we started doing this, we didn't pull a trailer and we just ripped it. You know, all the gear in the van, yeah. all the merch in the van, we slept in there every day. Like, that's how we Fuck. did it. Yeah. So having one less case is always nice. Mm-hmm. But no, I just, I, I don't, I don't really remember why I did it in the first place. I just, with my old band before this, um, I had done it a couple times just as an experiment, loved it. And then one day with, you know, I was just like thinking through the parts, like trying to write or something. And I was like, I wonder, I wonder if I could play through our set with just the floor time. I wonder, I just want to try and do it. So I like spent 
a week in the garage, just like jamming, seeing, you know, working through parts, rewriting fills, and just loved it. Just absolutely loved having less. Because yeah. I feel like for me personally, it forced me to write more creatively and play more creatively. Because I don't know if I was stuck like in a rut or what, but it just, I feel like it opened my mind up to like a new set of skills and forced me to write differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like liberated having less stuff. I wanted, for the longest time, I didn't use a ride and I was I was trying to drop my china. Like, I I just like, I, I wanted to so that. And I, I spent, this is a whole separate issue, double kick. I spent three albums writing less and less double kick and working on my single foot speed so that I could only tour with a single kick. And then we wrote this EP and I was like, nah, like, I'll just throw it in there. Like double kick wherever it needs to be. Like, and so now <laughs> I can never drop it. Like I'm, it's too ingrained in our band that I can't drop a second kick, but I want to so bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's some parts, but for the most part, like you, you do rock the single kick pretty heavy. Is- as right? much as I can, yeah. Yeah, it's just certain certain like breakdown type of parts. You want to follow those chugs. It just wouldn't. I know wouldn't have the I'm same s- impact if you didn't. You know, at the end of the day, like we're still a metalcore band, you know, and I gotta like face that fact. Like when it there's parts where it needs it. It's same with the China. That's why I haven't dropped the China. Is like, yeah, when there's can. a breakdown and you want the China, <laughs> like you got to give it to them. You know, I can't, I can't take that away. Yeah, you can't, man. You got to give the kids what they want, you know? Oh, they want a mosh. Yeah, like, they The do. China is the mosh call. Yeah. If you, if you don't have the China to hit, how will they ever, they'll just be standing there confused the whole time. Yeah. They'll just yeah. be waiting. Yeah. <laughs> the whole show waiting. And then you yeah. leave the stage and they're like, I never got to mosh, man. Didn't hit yeah, the China. Just, Fuck. Where's the China? Uh, it's either that or like an ice bell. Those oh, are the man. two. I never did it. No, that's that's when way we, more like 2009 metalcore. That's like that's know? windbreaker metalcore, like windbreaker metalcore. unified <laughs> jumping on stage. You know, that's the, that's like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I feel like metalcore is sort of a taboo word. Uh, the last decade, I think it is um, definitely. It's coming back around. I I know it. Dude, I'm going but, through a huge metalcore kick right now, and I don't care. Like it's it's <laughs> nobody should be ashamed. You want to hear a breakdown? Fuck Maybe yeah, a little man. singing in there. I don't know. Maybe I. I don't know. Like who? I. I don't care. I don't care yeah. who knows it, man. I'm. Yeah, I'm down fine. with it. Metalcore and proud, dude. There's tons of sick bands coming out right now that are kind of like that metalcore revival type of you know oh, stuff. Yeah. And yeah, like I wouldn't even call you guys really metalcore. That's funny that you kind of threw I mean, that out there but that's what we that's what we've said since the beginning yeah and i think our earlier stuff was a lot more metal you know but mm-hmm. we've strayed a, a little bit away but we're it, at heart we're still the same you know we're we're never we're not a hardcore band you know yeah that's that's that and so where do we fit like the metalcore bubble we're just in there somewhere so yeah. somewhere scattered in there, with, yeah, with all the uh, the crab walking bands too. Oh you know? man! <laughs> uh, but I would what definitely throw you guys more under the hardcore genre than the metalcore. So that's just funny that you immediately go there. But and we're just—I mean, it's—it's. It's, I think it's sort of out of a. I don't know, like the metal bands, the the true metal bands 
don't call us metal. And then mm-hmm. the hardcore bands don't call us hardcore. So, uh, you know, this is kind of what we're left with. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm not, you know, I have no problems. The genre thing is like, I hate arguing genres. It's just a, it's just a thing to help you grasp the sect of the band. You know, we're not a pop band. We're not a country band. Like yeah. we're a metal band, you know? That's so it. you're heavy as fuck. You know, that's all, that's all you really need to know. Yeah. So heavy saying, metal band. yeah that's fine. Heavy, heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you guys are super tough anyways. Uh, and you had a fucking, um, Scott from terror on a song. So if, I don't know if you guys want to be called hardcore, I think you earned it now. Trying to weasel. Yeah. Weasel our way. (laughs) I mean, we toured with terror like in 2020, I guess, or yeah, like we, we did a tour with them and it was great. We had a good Mm -hmm. time. They're awesome. You know, they're, they're the heroes. Like yeah, they're the seriously. they're the guys. So yeah. that's it. They're probably one of the first like hardcore bands I got into back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, between great. them Perfect and uh, them and Strife, Strife Ooh. was like, yeah, man, I, I fucking love that band back. Okay. Back when you know, before yeah. before I really got into uh, European metal, I guess if you will. Ah. Uh, uh. Okay. Yeah, that's the route. Took the I other went. route, and then now I'm coming back to uh, to more of the hardcore and like the American metal, I guess, if you will, these days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel you. So not like the the super black metal, the very themed metal. Dude, I got into a lot of power metal, like uh, like okay. Uh, okay. like a lot of dragons. Uh, I own several swords. Uh, oh, you know, okay. like that, okay, okay. that type of stuff. Uh, I like that. Yeah, dude. It's fun. I don't care. I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't like, I don't play dungeon and dungeons and dragons and I'm not, oh, I should. really, dude, I know. I wish I, I did, but I'm, I wish I was a nerd like that, but I just like, can't get into it enough, I guess. I feel it's like you have to strange. have a, a, like a group. So to like learn all of that from, because you can't, you know, D and D is not something you can just go play. You have yeah. to have like a dedicated group that can stay together for months mm-hmm. working through a campaign. It's not like an easy thing you can just hop into, you know. But if you can find a group, I suggest you give it a whack because it's, dude, it's it's sick. It's like such a fun thing to do. Man, I almost want to play for a straight edge band or something so that on tour we could just have D and D campaigns instead of like drinking all night. Oh you know? yeah. Like that would well, be, that's like, that'd be the yeah. dream. <laughs> that would, that would be sick. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's the hardest part about D and D is finding your group, you know, like mm-hmm. people you like that can keep getting together the same time every week or whatever. It's yeah. hard. It is, man. My, my my schedule is all over the place. Out of like, I'm sure with you with touring and everything. Same, well, yeah. Now same that we're thing. getting like, back to touring, at least, right? The, well, the only so. time I've done D and D in the last like, you know, while was I would ha- I would be home for like a week and hit my friends up, and they'd be like, "Sure, we'll write you in a character for this week." And I'm like, "Okay, like if you kill me at the end, that's fine because I'm not coming back. Like I'm just a I'm just a a one off NPC in the game, basically." <laughs> But well, that's nice that you can just like hop in on that then, right? Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. always fun because you get to make a new character every time. And like, like I said, if you die, mm-hmm. like in some grand gesture, it's okay because who cares? 
yeah, you're you're gone anyway, so it's yeah. all good. Then you get to come back the next time, and as whatever yeah, you make want. somebody new. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. That's cool. All right, I sh- maybe I should do that and just join a couple different people's campaigns randomly. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. All right, I maybe. highly recommend. Yeah, I feel like I've had this conversation like three times over the past couple years, where like, oh, I should definitely do this. Okay, it sounds like so much fun. Yeah, and then I just never do. Oh, I feel <laughs> so. you. Scheduling, it's hard. Scheduling it's hard, to do. hard. Yeah, but yeah, like I, I love dragons and swords, so it makes sense. It's Why, the game for you. Yeah, fuck, it really is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, after after my my whole power <clears throat> metal phase, yeah, definitely got into more black metal and and yeah. all that type of stuff too. That's just natural. You know? Oh yeah, and then death metal, and then now I'm coming back and listening to a lot more like punk rock because that's what got me into heavy music. Was, yeah, so I feel like it's where a lot of people start. Well, I I figure you go down, especially in North America, you go down to one of two paths. Either you go p- like punk rock, where I went like rancid, no effects, and like leftover crack and <clears throat> all that, like street punk. Yeah. Or you go the new metal route, and you go to the Slipknot and yeah. you know all that, that. See, that's that's where I you know you start with your Metallica or whatever you hear on the radio. Yeah, Pantera. Pantera played on the radio every now and then, Ooh. and then you get into like, yeah, you find out about Limp Bizkit, also through the radio, I suppose. System of a Down, Rage Against the Machine, all those bands, yeah. and then slowly slide your way down to Slipknot. Yeah, that's it, man. See, I never, I never got into the new metal because uh, I didn't oh, get along with the, the with the new metal kids. I don't know. They're the worst, but the They're... music's the best. I love it. <sighs> See, I just I I connected with the punk rock. I got into like pop punk when yeah. I was super young, and then like I just connected. As soon as I found like No Effects and Rancid, I was like, hell yeah, this is it. And then I yeah. just dove down that, and then I got into like the post hardcore because it was like early two thousands when I was getting it, like early teens. So like yeah. the Poison the yeah. Well and Thrice mm-hmm. was like Thrice was just starting to kick off and all that type yeah. of stuff, you know. So no, I feel you. Yeah, it's weird. Man. It's weird how you just sort of worm your way through all the different subgenres, but yeah. in the end, everybody's listening to the same stuff at some point in their life, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I meet, I meet people now who are roughly the same age, and I just like list off half a dozen yeah. bands. They're like, yeah, that was high school. I'm like, all right, yep. cool. We can hang yeah. out then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. Um, so dude, you guys got, uh, you guys got a slew of shows after that and all in between as well. You're playing some fucking killer festivals. Uh, yeah, got, we got a handful uh, of those. You got some stuff, you got stuff, um, <clears throat> Furnace Fest, uh, dude, that looks like it's always a fucking party. It's a weird, it's a weird festival cause it happened 20 years ago and then last year was the first time since, Seriously, but it was awesome. Yeah? And it was like it was like a big nostalgia fest. Like they just brought back everybody's favorite band. Yeah. And like, because I, I worked it, I was working the VIP for that fest, so I got to you know experience the whole thing and watch whoever I wanted. And it was it was mm-hmm. awesome. It was so yeah. so good. So I'm really excited that we got an offer to play it this year. Yeah. Dude, uh, that's no, that's gonna be a cool one. And the the venue is sick. It's like an old like foundry like a deactivated foundry that they just use for like art classes now or something and the like the the middle size stage is in like this giant like waste granary thing like this big silo 
Oh, it's dude, so like dope. I don't know if you saw any videos of like the you know the comeback kid knock loose turnstile yeah, like yeah yeah absolutely it's crazy crazy yeah dude. it's awesome oh dude it looks so sick it makes me want to <laughs> go like just like it, fuck it it's buy gonna it's gonna be good yeah yeah man. plus like a weird a weird thing but uh, on the flyer I saw Pedro the Lion is playing yeah. and they're like one of my favorite bands like I love all the David David Bazan stuff so that's kind of a a weird cross where I get to play with a band that I never, never, there's no reason why we should be on the same show. Yeah. They're like a, a sad rock band, you know, like an indie rock <laughs> band, nothing even close to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So there's, we shouldn't ever play with them, but I get to, and I'm really, really excited. Yeah. That's the but, awesome thing about festivals though, man. I know where like, even like we were talking about like European festivals and stuff, dude, there's always bands on there. That's like, there's, yeah. we would never tour together. Like I, yeah. would, I don't even know when I get a chance to see this band live. And yet we're like sharing, we're on the same day. We're sharing the same stage for that matter. It's like, yeah, we're eating lunch together. Yeah. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah, man. Oh, dude. It's so cool. Like there's, um, uh, there's one festival up here, Heavy Montreal. Um, we played it. Oh, did you? We oh, played it you. in like a uh, long time ago, like 2012 or 14 or something, like a long time ago. It was Metallica, Offspring, Baby Metal. Oh, like, holy shit. Eh? Cra- like, yeah. Dude, like insane. When you were talking about bands that you never would expect. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we did Heavy Montreal and it was exactly that. Shit, I think that was probably like year after I was there, because uh, I've gone a couple years teching for bands, and it was like it was something else just to like hold the door open, and then there's yeah. Abath from Immortal, just like yeah. oh thanks man, and just yeah. he's, he's just standing like, there having a beer, like you're like this is this is really cool. You're sitting, yeah. I like at the time too, I was like having some drinks with like the revocation guys, and like yeah. you know just like. Everybody was super sick, and I just I everyone's just that. there to have a good time. Everybody, yeah, it's awesome, you know. And yeah. if if you're in the artist area, like you're obviously there for a reason. So everyone's yeah. gonna be a sweet dude. Like, just don't be a yeah, weird, don't be a weirdo, and you know. Yeah, I it's feel like good. it's easy to it's easy to chat with people because of that. Like, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. in a band, everybody gets it, or or is working. Like, everybody understands how things go. So usually, usually everybody's pretty chill, you know, in the artist areas. Yeah. Did you uh experience the golf carts at uh Heavy MTL? It's crazy how far away things are. Dude, it's like nuts. just trying to get to and from the stage, like from the backstage area in the green rooms is crazy. That was also definitely like the biggest show we had played uh ever. We were still really young at that time, so I had no mm-hmm. idea what was happening. I was just yeah. like this I guess this is just how things are. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, we, I mean, we opened, so we were there super early and played to, you know, not the 40,000 people that Metallica played to. Yeah, but, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was still, it was awesome. It was like a very fun show. Were you guys on the main stage or one of like <clears throat> the, cause I know there's, there's like the side stage, like the Jagger stage usually. And then I don't, the two I don't main stages. I remember the stages. name. There's like a walking from the main stage to the side stage. There's like a little one in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. It was yeah, it was that one. Nice. I, don't, I don't remember what it was called. Nice, dude. I uh, I've seen so many sick bands because uh, one year um, I think they had the Summer Slaughter tour uh, join the package, so everybody from the oh, Summer dang. Slaughter tour played on that small stage. So it was like just back to back 
killer bands. I just I just yeah. lived in that area. I barely even watched the main stage at all. Like I, oh, I don't yeah. care, man. Like <laughs> yeah, I get to see like uh, Flesh God, Apocalypse, followed by Origin, and like yeah, it was raining hey, half the day. It was sick, man. Yeah. Fuck, I miss festivals, dude. Yeah, I feel like the rain at the festivals is always, it's something you don't want, but it's definitely something that holds that memory in. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, always, always. Like, Flesh God was ending their set, and they always end with a kind of like dramatic, um, like somber song. And then yeah. as they're ending, it just starts to softly rain, and then it just gets harder and harder. And then it rained the entire origin set, and then it stopped immediately. <laughs> like as soon as they finished Dang. it, ended. Okay. I was like, "Dude, that was it's perfect. That was sick. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was beautiful, man. It was absolutely yeah. beautiful, dude. <laughs> yeah, and you'll never forget that. No. Well, yeah, hopefully not. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see how old I get anyway. <laughs> how my memory starts to fade. It's weird how when you're not drinking, you kind of forget all the times when you were drunk. You know? Like all those memories when I, when I was drinking on tour, I'm like, I don't remember that venue cuz uh, <laughs> we dude, had a, we had I a mean, massive aside, rider, so hmm. aside from drinking, I just I have the worst memory and especially for things like that, like venues, like Dates, mm. numbers, people. Like, I, I can't remember anything like that. Just have the worst memory. So, yeah. yeah that's going to, when I get old, that's going to go real fast. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I had to write down your name. I got in huge letters right here. I was like, <laughs> remember, it's Isaac. Okay. Got it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, dude, uh, you play drums. Uh, I do. Yeah, you do. Uh, you're the original drummer for the band. I'm not. No, you're not. When no. did Okay, so let's let's get into that story then. How did you become the drummer? Okay. So 2008. This is senior year of high school for me and Matt. Didn't know each other. Um over Christmas break, he had started this band. He was like the cool kid of the Texas scene, the Sherman Texas scene. Um and I was like in a I don't even remember. I was in like a rock and roll band from Oklahoma. I was in like a hardcore rock and roll band. Um, right. And we just were playing shows together. You know, we're like half hour apart. So we were both playing each other's local shows. Um, and I needed a, a fill in vocalist for something. And I didn't know Matt. I just called him and was like, Hey, like, are you busy? Would you even bother like doing this? And he was like, absolutely. Rode with me to the show best friends ever since like me and him just clicked right away you know just one of those guys yeah, yeah um and then like yeah we were trying to start a band and kublacon had uh i think broken up after like four months or six months or something you know they were barely a band yeah and me and matt were trying to start something new with the original guitar player of kublacon eric waldrum and then at some point we were just like why don't we just like start that back up you guys are the original members and I'll pull the singer from my band to play bass, you know, be the new bass player in Kublacon. And so, yeah, we just like started it back up, wrote a bunch of new stuff, played a handful of the old stuff they had, and that was it. So, you know, I'm I'm not the original drummer, but I joined after maybe four months, and you know, they had like four songs written, two two songs that I can remember written without that I didn't write. So. As as original as it 
you know, basically, but technically not. <laughs> technically not, <clears throat> yeah. but basically the band had broken up and then reformed with you. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like only are- playing two two songs that were written before. I, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not the original drummer, but I've been there for a long, long time. Matt's Matt's the only true original member of the band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. I'll still. I'll. I'll I. I'd still take it as original. Uh. But you know what? If you don't want to, then that's fine. <laughs> I. I have to give. You know. I still. I feel like I have to give credit to Ryan Davis because he. Yeah. He started the band. You know. It's his. It's his project, and I okay. just sort of took all his right. spot and then turned it into my band. So yeah. now it's my band, but. That's sick, man. Anyways, like it's it's just super cool that you just like instantly became best friends. Where oh yeah, just yeah like, I mean, do you have those you guys click. like you you've got those people right where you oh, met yeah. like at school or wherever and just right off the bat you hit it you hit it off like oh yeah like m- most of the time it's just like other bands I play with and stuff like yeah. that uh, and dude one of my best friends um, lives in Montreal and literally. I, I used to play in a hardcore band and he was doing merch for another band at a festival we were playing and we just started talking. It was like, cool. See you later. couple weeks later, I'm going to a show. Turns out I'm going to see his band. He's the vocalist for this like folk metal band. And ever since then we've like, like we've toured together. He joined my yeah. band for a while. Like I go always go out to Montreal to see him. Like yeah. dude, it's just like yeah, we just click. Like we we talk on the phone, you know. It's great. <laughs> like, it's the best. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's exactly how it was with me and Matt. Just you know, a two hour car ride to Muskogee, Oklahoma, or wherever that show was. Yeah, and just like talking about you know what kind of music do you like showing each other bands and like realizing we loved all the same stuff. Like you were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, you yeah, know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It just happens. And then, yeah, after that, you know, we went to different schools, but he was just like at my house every day, like on MySpace, showing me bands and me showing him bands. And it was sick. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> What's your top 10? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, exactly. That yeah. was like my favorite part about MySpace <clears throat> music was the top 10. I found yeah. out about so many sick bands because I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this band just signed to Metal Blade or whatever. So there's press about them. You look at them on MySpace. All right, who's in their top 10? And then yeah. you find out about yeah. all those bands, and then you look at those bands' top ten, and it was it's like you, such, it's so easy to find new yeah. bands back then, yeah. And then you go down the rabbit hole, and you get into like all these niche <clears throat> bands in like such small local scenes, you yeah. know? Like it's oh yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool, man. Like uh, there was a band, Destroy, 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 back in the day that are from like Tennessee, and then I got into them and then like there's another band and i ended up eventually like this is all stuff from like high school and then eventually i actually like got to meet the vocalist of those bands uh, who like did it he put us uh on a show because like we had a day off and it was like fuck man we need a show and i hit him up and then he gave me a shirt and i was like dude it's like one of my favorite bands like back in the MySpace days and now I have one of their shirts even though they've been broken up for years. Yeah, I feel like that's a fun thing because we've had those moments too where like, I mean, maybe they were small bands. I At the time, I thought they were huge mm because I didn't know any better. You know, when when an out-of-town band comes to your local scene, you'd think they're huge. 
yeah. no matter even if they're just from two hours away. You don't know any better when you're in, you know, 17 or whatever. Um, and there were no smartphones, you know, like back yeah. in the day. Like, uh, <laughs> social yeah, things, media were very, wasn't, things were very different. Yeah, it, social media <clears throat> wasn't what it is now. Yeah, <laughs> like, but but like some of those bands, we, we've like played shows and like they've been there and we just like got to talking and they were like, oh yeah, I used to play in this band. And we were like, like we saw you in a garage in the middle of Oklahoma in 2005. Are you kidding? Like, yeah. you know, it's it's like those crazy stories where like, I don't know, it's cool. It's always fun to have those interactions though. Yeah, man. Like even just going to like Toronto and running into some guys being like, oh yeah, I used to play in, in this like punk band or whatever. It's like, man, I saw you at my community center and yeah. like you guys were like yeah. my favorite band ever. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like I still have a shirt in my parents' closet somewhere. Like, yeah. yeah. No, dude, I have I have a shirt. Yeah, like in my closet, like I still wear it. And so, but this guy was like, sell, like he goes around, uh, he's like a, uh, a, a beer salesman now for like a beer company, okay. right? And I yeah. ran into him at a bar. It's like, Oh it's shit! Crazy. Okay, yeah, weird. <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, yeah, it's crazy times, man. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, back. We'll we'll talk about some drums maybe a little bit. Um, yeah. Then. Happy to. What uh, what symbols do you play? Zildjian, all all the best Zildjian stuff. I got uh, K Dark Hats, K Dark Crash, K Crash Ride. And then my China, I was using the ultra hammered for a long time. It's it's such a good China. It's so good. But in the last few years, I I got like a a China boy high and love it. Just the way I use the China, it's just so, so perfect. So I've got yeah. like a weird, a weird kind of not traditional um china going on it's not the standard for metal and hardcore it's always the ultra hammered for a good or the oriental because the oriental yeah that's what everybody says everyone's like oh the oriental is the best and i enjoy it i like it Ah, not for me yeah no for me it's a sabian 19 inch holy china that is the best china the problem the problem with the holy stuff like all all those symbols like i i they sound great they mm-hmm. they sound perfect. All the super dry stuff and like the you know the with all the holes drilled in them. I love how all that stuff sounds. But we play so many rooms where you need the volume, you need the actual like volume of the symbols to be loud. Yeah, and so they just don't they just don't follow through. Also, everyone I've had, I have just destroyed it so fast. I've cracked them so fast. Yeah, I. uh I'm waiting because I just bought one in December, and I'm like, uh, like every time I have I play it on sucks. it, and I look, I'm like, is it no, no cracks yet? Okay, we're it, good. It we're sucks. Good. Like it's it's the wrong instrument for sure. Like yeah. drums are the wrong one to pick <laughs> for sure. Hundred um, percent. I was saying to my buddy because I cracked a, a crash the other day, and I was like, yeah, it's just a big piece of metal that I hit, and it's like two hundred and fifty bucks. They're they're meant to be hit hard and break. Like yeah. that's that's what you're paying four hundred dollars for. You know, yeah. it's ah, oh, it feels bad. It feels so bad. But it's terrible. I don't I, I don't know why we do this. It's awesome. Like <laughs> I, 
it's the best. Like it's the word if you have if you're gonna pick an instrument, anything else, like it'll save you a lot of you can't practice at home without pissing your whole neighborhood off. It's so expensive. But I don't know. This is where I this is where I exist. Like and I, I love it. Like I couldn't I couldn't play any other instrument, you know? Yeah. Well I, dude uh, I, so I think that drums are the only instrument that anybody anyone at any age can sit down and have fun playing it's really easy to yeah it's You'll really have, easy to have, have fun on a kit fun though you don't need to be good well, or everybody anything. wants to hit stuff right, right? like that's part yeah. of it too i think that primal urge to just like hit something hard and like yeah. it sounds good like but, you can't just pick up a guitar and have fun playing no. it unless you put in the practice to get good at it. Then it That's becomes true. fun because you know your way around it and you can make it sound the way you want it to. With drums, yeah. it's the only thing where like, here's some sticks, go beat the shit out of it, and it'll yeah. be like a great time. That's <laughs> interesting. Know? Never never thought of it that way, but that's I think I fully agree with that. Yeah. There's something about just like the enjoyment of a musical instrument, right? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. That's the, the that's the only one I could think of that like you you have fun no matter what age, no matter you know male female it doesn't matter. Here's some sticks, just hit this stuff and you feel good. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird. I feel like I just kind of fell into it because like my my grandma is a music teacher. She was like mm-hmm. a, a children's choir teacher and. She did a lot of teaching in schools and stuff. And in the church, she was always uh, had like a children's choir in church. I'm from Oklahoma. Of course, I grew up in a church. Yeah. <laughs> but I was always like way too shy to sing in front of people. Like I was just a little kid and like scared of everything. Yeah. And so she would just like put me in the back with like a cowbell and be like, hit the quarter notes, keep, keep time. Like that's how you can avoid singing basically. Yeah. And so that's like, I just like have always been, and I like, I don't know. I understand the the beat, the metronome, the click, whatever. Like, even when I was like a little kid, and so it just like came very naturally to me. Like, I couldn't have done guitar. I would, you know, like it's so much easier for me personally to learn drums than any other instrument, just because I don't know. I just like feel like that sort of rhythm just like came very very organically to me. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the rhythm's just like in you. So yeah, and that, so. it makes sense that even at a young age, like, all right, here's a cowbell, keep time. So yeah, perfect. But like yeah. you, you could, and I'm sure you've been in these situations. Think of how many people you could give that to and say, just play quarter notes and just don't stop, and they just can't. They can't keep it consistent. Yeah, you know, like I feel like it's. I, I don't know. I I know people now who can't play to a metronome. They can't like understand how a metronome like applies to music. Yeah. And that seems so crazy to me. Cause like, that's the whole drums job for the, you know, there's weird exceptions, but mm-hmm. like, as far as like this modern style that we're playing, you're trying to keep the, the time signature. You're trying to keep time even, you know? Yeah. It's a weird thing. And like, dude, you can, what people don't understand too is when you're recording and stuff, you can ramp up tempos to oh, yeah. to get the right feel. Yeah, but, that's how we do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So, so you're like solid to a click. You don't play live to a click, though. 
No, I don't. My I spend a lot of my time like my focus live is almost entirely on keeping the tempo consistent. I try really, really hard to keep it, you know, not rush parts, not drag parts, just because mm-hmm. I feel like that's my job. Yeah. Um playing to a click would be so much easier. I could relax <laughs> on stage. I I could I could play our set without even thinking. You know, I could have a conversation while playing it if I had a metronome in my in my ears. Dude, it gets dangerous. because uh, I've only played for one band in the last like decade that didn't play to a click. Um mm-hmm. but when you're playing to a click, I find my mind almost wanders. Yeah. Right. Uh, because yeah. I don't re- I don't need to you think about it. You don't have to think about it right? as much. I'm yeah. just like I'm playing and I usually have uh like guitar tracks from the album in my ears as well. Yeah. yeah. So I know the changes of the parts and I don't get lost. So literally I'm just like I'm on autopilot after yeah. especially after like three, four days into a tour. You're like, you don't need to think about anything anymore. You're trying to enjoy yourself, but you end up thinking, like, almost getting lost. And you're like, dude, dude, dude. If you're playing, like, a big show or something, oh, where yeah. there's, like, there isn't that connection with the audience. like Where you're, like, yeah, you're, like, 20 feet away from the crowd. You're up on a riser. Like, yeah, yeah you're just in your world back there. Yeah. And, like, and I play a big kit, too. So it's really, like, oh, a barrier so like, in front of, yeah. you know, me. So, uh, yeah, you end up, like, getting like spacing out and then fucking up sometimes because you're like, Oh shit, where am I? Yeah. Like, uh, but, uh, other than that, dude, I love, I love a click. I love playing to a click track. It feels good. It feels so good to play to a click. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do too, but I, I just think, I don't know. We're, we're, it just doesn't, it's just not our vibe. Like we're just, there's just four of us. Like we don't have any tricks. We don't do any effects. Like we're just, uh, Mean potatoes, you know, and yeah. I feel like even even the small kit thing like adds to that. Like that's just how that's just our band's vibe, and so I just try and keep it that way and just play the best I can without it. And even on uh, when we track, the way we track is we jam through the song live, me and Nolan, and we'll record that, make the click track for the actual song based off that live recording. Nice. And if there's something that I was like, oh, I played that way too slow, like don't bump it down that much, we can adjust it. But the reference is of us jamming the song live. So there is a lot of variation in the tempos, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and honestly, everything that you just said about your live performance and like going into the studio and everything... To me, you guys sound a lot more like a hardcore band, man. <laughs> uh, I know that's like back in the day when we were playing like local Texas shows. We always like we made really good friends with all like the hardcore guys because they were like, mm-hmm. you might like play metal, but you guys are hardcore kids. Yeah. You know, like the way you present yourselves and carry your band is a hardcore band. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It's just it's the only way to do it in my head. I'm not going to hire a bunch of guys to work for me if it's something I can do myself. You yeah. know, I'm. I got nothing else to do on the road. I'm not going to just sit in a green room and just like party all day. Like I, if I can, if I can TM or if I can like set up my own drums and tune them myself, like, yeah, I'll go do that. I don't care. Yeah. It's a much more like a, a DIY approach to For sure. everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 Super punk rock, man. Yeah. I yeah. Love it. I, that's just, I don't know. It's how we've always done it. And I like it. We work, we work well that way. Like we've all got our jobs on tour and yeah. we just, Nothing gets messed up that way. And we make more money. You know, we're able to do this full time 
because we keep our costs low by doing mm-hmm. stuff ourselves. Yeah. So it's it's how it's the only way we were able to do this at all, I think. But well, and that's that's kind of the the deciding factor too, right? Like I know some bands yeah. that are like, yeah, we we could have t- been touring in a bus for the past like three four years, but <clears throat> I wanted to be able to like own a house or like yeah. you know like yeah. I, I I wanted to make this my full time income and not have to work another job on the side. So yep. we tour in a van. And we deal with it. That's it. Yeah, you just <laughs> you, know? you just suffer. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you got to suffer a little bit for like the greater good of the you know outcome. Like you you have to work essentially like two three jobs while you're on the road, so that you don't have to work a day job when you're home. Yeah, you and know? I would do that any day of the week because I don't know. I can't I can't just sit around all day. So like if there's a job I could take on on tour, mm-hmm. I definitely will. Yeah. Um. I don't know. That's the whole bus thing is funny because when we did Warped in 2018, we did the whole thing in a van, like the whole two months in a van and trailer. Our trailer broke after like two weeks. So we did it in just a van. And like everybody like thinks it's insane to do that in a van. And we were like driving ourselves too. We didn't even yeah. hire a driver. Holy shit, dude. And yeah, it was that was that was the roughest thing we've done mm-hmm. is trying to do, you know these outdoor festival, you know, all day long festivals, you're waking up at seven to load the truck with an eight hour drive overnight. It's just like, it was rough, but, but we all actually got paid a lot of money from that. And we're able to like, yeah, like I bought a house, you know, like a year later, you know, because I was able to actually make some money. Yeah. So dude, And that's so sick. Like, I can't believe you guys fucking did that all by yourself. It was, Didn't, it was rough. With yeah. Nobody. Oh my god! Like not even but somebody it, to do merch or anything. Like we had, not we even had one fit. guy with us. Yeah, okay, we had so, one guy with us, and he was helping okay. with merch and just merch and driving. So yeah. be like me and Nolan did the truck every morning. You know, with the same two guys on truck every morning. Mm-hmm. Eric and Brendan and uh, Matt did like all the merch and stuff. So yeah, you guys, you guys ran a tight ship though to be able to pull yeah. that shit off and not yeah. like have someone not die. Like you must <laughs> have been like, okay. we also, we also made a lot of friends and had a lot of people take care of us. You know, like we, yeah. we all spent some nights on a bus sleeping in their spare bunk. So yeah. we got some AC, you know, in a, a shower like every now and then just by making buddies on the road. Yeah, just so, by being sweet dudes, you know. If you guys, man, yeah. War Tour is great because that's what it's for. It's like there's, you know, a hundred bands there. If there's if there's somebody you don't like, you never have to see them again. That's fine. Yeah. But if there's like somebody that you never would have thought to meet and make friends with and now you're best buds mm-hmm. like it's it's cool it's so much fun yeah it seems like it man i don't know if that's anything i'll ever uh get to i don't experience. know if that's ever gonna exist again anything Dude, like that so. but no it's hard like even like um i think there was talks of them bringing back the mayhem fest the yeah. rockstar mayhem fest i heard about that yeah that would be sick. That would be, that would be really be. sick, man. Everybody would love to be on that tour. Yeah, that <laughs> would be like, dude, fist fights over who's getting getting on the the, yeah. the lineup for that year, dude, because that would be fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh man. Uh all right, dude. So we're 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 cusping an hour now. Should we oh, talk dang. about your new EP, maybe? You know? We could. You know? We could, yeah. Eh. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's pretty good, I guess. 
Did you did you get the whole thing? You listened to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got it. I've I've listened, I've gave it a couple okay. spins. I gave it a couple okay. spins, man. Yeah, it's um, a- yeah, it's a nothing. I I want to say it's nothing crazy from us. It's just more more of the stuff that you expect out of us. Just heavy riffs and Matt screaming cuss words. Like you yeah. know, it's 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 that. So we we recorded it in like. What a year ago? About a year ago from the release. Um, so it's nice that it's just finally coming out. Yeah, 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 man. Um, and honestly, yeah, that's kind of kind of what I thought, but uh, a little more. It's just I don't want to say it's like the best stuff that you guys have done, uh, but Ooh. from what I I've listened to and everything, man, this EP is. It's just every song's a banger. Like I was trying to think of like what's what's my favorite song. You know, I wanted to learn. There's we, no filler. Th- there's yeah. none. There's no filler. Every That's, song is sick. I think part of that is the EP format. Like yeah. you're working with a lot less material, mm-hmm. and so you, and you have the same amount of brain power to produce it. So I think that you you really have the time and energy to produce better quality stuff when there's only five songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm. I. I know we're all very, very happy with how this one came out. It's. It's a weird process because, you know, we the way we write is we just go into the studio, jam it out, and we all do our own jobs. You know, like I'm not writing guitar riffs. No one else is writing lyrics. So whatever happens is just the organic compilation of all four of our brains. You know, like that's that's what a Kublicon record is. Mm-hmm. So when it comes out good, it's exciting. Like yeah. <laughs> I think we're all pretty happy with this one though. Yeah, dude, I would be. Yeah, like you're saying, man, no filler. Like it's just every song, every song kind of has its own own vibe as well to it, which is kind really nice. Like you know when it's a a new track, but Yeah. I'm always worried that like when a part kicks in that it's not going to hit how I feel like it should, but every Every single new part's like, dude, that's sick. Uh, then the next part is like, fuck, that's awesome. You know, like I was, I was getting so pumped. Like I, for the last like week, I, I've just been listening to it like on repeat. Man, it's so Good, sick. Man. I'm glad, I'm glad yeah, you like dude. it. I mean, that's what that's the goal, right? Is it like we can write music that people enjoy? That's like just what we want to write. And so that's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, man, it kind of it brought me back a bit, uh, like to like two thousand six, two thousand seven oh, yeah. era. You know, like I yeah. think I think this one's got a well. That's what I was saying about the double kick. Like mm-hmm. I spent I spent three albums doing less and less double kick, and then this EP, I was like, the riff needs it. You know, like yeah. it's you need those little bullet breakdowns. Like I don't, I can't, I can't not follow the guitar on that part. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it does have a little bit of that. Yeah, that l- old school. A little bit more of the, I guess, I guess the metalcore vibe. Yeah. to it, mm-hmm. you know, the old school metalcore vibe mixed with uh, tough guy hardcore in there, mixed you know? with a, a duet with Scott Vogel. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like it makes me want to do a million push-ups, like right now. That's that's the goal. Yeah. That's what we're going for. So that's it, man. Just flexing hard at the gym, like. Dude, so if anyone's out there and you hit the gym a lot, just put this album on. You'll be pumping for days. I feel like that's kind of where our where our band has like because you can't you can't choose where you want to end up. It's not how this this 
works. You start a band no. with a direction and then you just follow follow wherever it takes you. And where we've ended up is gym music and like kids who want to mosh and like tattoo parlors. Like that's just that's where we get played. So Yeah. That's fine. That's great. I mean, everybody's having a good time, so Dude, as long as everyone's having a good time, then you guys are having a good time, and it's great. It's great. The world keeps spinning. That's it, man. That's we'll it. keep writing records. Yeah, dude, I'm so, I'm so pumped for you guys and to release this new EP. And dude, you got uh, tour with Knock Loose and Movements and Koyo. Do you know? Yeah. I, you know, I don't think I've ever heard of Koyo before. They're good. Are they? They're really I should good. Check them out. Yeah, eh? I'm. I'm excited. Right. That, I think they're. I think they're a pretty young band. I'm not sure. Knockloose always like finds those like really good, but mm-hmm. unknown bands. They're really really good at finding those guys. Yeah. And so I like. I expect that Koyo is going to do like very well. Like I expect them to be like great, just based off Knockloose recommendation. You know. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, I I wish that this was coming to Canada, man. Oh, yeah, dude, it sucks this year especially. Because um, I know uh, I had Spencer Moore from Inferi on um, at the beginning of the year, and we were still like in heavy lockdown here. Mm. Uh, now I think as of Monday, I want to say the mask mandate gets lifted so we still Dang, have to you're, wear you're still under that wow yeah dude yeah that's where we're at so i understand why tours aren't getting booked here as much as they usually would maybe i, I feel like so. yeah i feel like there's just too much like things are changing so rapidly so mm-hmm. it's easier to just not even risk it risk yeah. two shows getting dropped or whatever so yeah well the um under oath Spirit Box, uh, Bad yeah. Omens, Straight From The Path, they all, like, half the <clears throat> tour package ended up getting COVID, and they had a show yeah. in Toronto booked that they, like, literally rescheduled for two weeks later at the end, yeah. I think, at the end of the run. I was like, that's, okay, That's what happened sick. to our, yeah, that tour we just did with Acacia Strain. That's what happened. Uh, we had three shows left. Two guys got COVID from Acacia Strain. Mm-hmm. They canceled the rest of the tour. And then they rebooked their shows for like, yeah, like a month later, three weeks later or whatever. Yeah. And then after everybody got home, like everybody on the tour had COVID, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. I got it. I'm the only one from my <laughs> band that got it, but I was like, you know, texting all the Dying Wish and Orthodox guys and they were like, yeah, like three of the five of us have it. And yeah, it was weird, weird well, stuff. The cool thing about this is they're still on the road now. But in the States, but in order to cross the border to get up here, I think they all have to have negative test results. So they're like, whatever, we're just going to take a day off. We'll continue (laughs) the tour and then we'll schedule it on one of our other days off. Just to hop over the border and do it and whatever, right? So I was like, all right, cool. So still get to see that tour just like two weeks later. It's fine. I feel like some (laughs) some of this stuff is crazy because like that, you have to have a negative test like... Craig, drummer from Straight from the Path. Yeah. He he got COVID, but he took a negative test to allow him to fly back to UK and then two days later tested positive. So like it doesn't it's not stopping anything. Yeah. You know, like he still took it all the way across the ocean. So I don't know. Dude. Just some weird stuff. 
It is strange times, man. It is. I don't think it's getting any less strange. <laughs> no, but like, at least at least shows are happening again. You know, are, like man. it's just yeah. good that we can live our lives again because that was like a pretty depressing year for a lot of people. Yeah, man. And up here, man, it's been a solid two years now. Um, and we finally, I played a show was like two weeks ago, and that was the first show in two years that I actually felt like, okay, there's a, this feels better. I yeah. played a couple shows in the fall. Like, I think it was like six shows I played random and it's so, it felt weird. Like yeah, it, it feels just, like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. It felt a little naughty, you know, <laughs> yeah. <But> well. like, <laughs> and it was like, don't want to like get near anybody. And like, everybody's yeah. in mass and like, you're like, everybody's, yeah, everybody was sitting down and yeah. it was like, yeah, it was just like very, very strange vibes the whole time. And like, I really just like stayed backstage the whole time as much as I could, yeah. like just so I wasn't out and about. Uh, and then, yeah. So this was the first time though. I was like, all right, sick. Like, yeah, like right, things, we're are, back. things are back. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. live show is back. Yeah. 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 Book the tours boys. Let's go. You know? Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm let it rip. Like I'm just, the way COVID works right now is your band books a tour. And if somebody gets COVID, Tours canceled. Like you just go until you catch it. I guess. Like that's it, man. So or even well, it seems like because that um, under oath tour they had it, but the tour yeah. kept going. It just, they, they just didn't like, cross. Uh, the, they just didn't cross the border because they weren't allowed to. But they're like, I feel whatever. Like, I feel like that tour is big enough that there can be distance between. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can separate. So a lot of venues and policies you can work your way around but yeah. like at a you know a little 250 cap club with no barrier where the stage is the floor yeah uh <laughs> you can't you know you can't stop if one person in the room has it everybody's got it it's just how That's it works it, so yeah but at this point i feel like we all need it anyways we're all gonna get it like it's fine you know it's fine, it's fine. as long as i don't die i don't care like, yeah. And you like, the, <laughs> it's a weird, problem, it's a weird though, balance. Right? It's a weird balance though, where like, it's either, you know, I have to risk catching it in order to continue living my life. You know, yeah. like I can't not play shows. If, if there's another lockdown, like so many bands are going to fall apart because we can't do another year like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I've just got to, I've got to do it. I got a tour and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not sweating it. I've, you know, is what it is. Just a part of the world now. Oh, exactly, man. All right. No more talk about that. Yeah, please. Yeah, we're done. We're done here. I tried to actually implement a like no COVID policy. Yeah, it's hard. It's (laughs) hard. Yeah. We just, then we just got into it and I felt like we had to finish it. So we're done with that. So, um, what kind of, what kind of drums do you play? Tamas. Right now, I've got a Bubinga Star Classic, Beautiful. which, th- thank God, I have it because they'll never make one again. Bubinga is yeah. like an exotic, illegal wood now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have one of the, probably one of the last, you know, manufactured Bubinga kits, which is sick. Love, it's beautiful. Beautiful kit. It sounds so, so good, especially in the studio. Oh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I've just got that and I've, just rocking my Zildjian cymbals, 
I've got, you know, the whole Tama hardware set up. Oh, yeah. Tama hardware is sick, man. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- uh, I really like it. That's like, I feel like with drum companies, I know the drums are important, but I the hardware is what makes the the kit feel a certain way to me. Like the way mm-hmm. the the way the cymbals like play and the drums play is all the hardware. Yeah. And so I think it's I think it's like an underrated importance to drums because yeah. it's just the thing that holds up your cymbal. Like nobody cares, but yeah. I think it affects it so much. You know, what, now that you kind of like mention that whole aspect of it. It really does. Because yeah. when you think about how your cymbals play and feel and even sound and resonate, <clears throat> it's all reliant yeah. on how they move with on within that stand. Yeah. Right? So depending on what, what hardware you have, you know, you could cymbals could potentially sound and feel completely different. Yeah, and like oh. we just the way tours work, like you know, most of the time or like 60% of the time, I don't get to play my kit. I'm playing on somebody else's kit, a rental, like sharing with the package, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's the biggest gripe for me. It's not the drums. I don't care how they, they sound or feel or whatever, but it's how the kit plays is just so radically different between every single drummer. And that's the weirdest thing to get used to is the, for me, it's the hardware. Even like the way the the seat sits, the way the oh, pedals yeah. feel, the hi-hat, you know, the the way it plays and the foot clutch works. Like, it, there's so many tiny nuances to a drum kit. And I really think that the hardware is such a, that's a the biggest piece of it for me personally. Like, because the drums, the, the, the tone might be a little different, but if you know how to tune a drum kit, it sounds good, no matter what drum kit it is. Yeah. Or if you know how to hit a drum, yeah. a lot of the time you can make it sound good. So, yeah. Know? Yeah, oh. dude, it, it it's crazy, but it's true. And I try to bring my kit to every show. I hate sharing kits, man. Does it, I it sucks. Hate it, it sucks. Yeah, I had a weird. I had a weird experience um, last tour. I was sharing a kit with when we played Nashville. The venue is just so small, mm-hmm. and so I was playing on uh, Mike White from Orthodox. I was just using his whole setup, like pedals, everything except cymbals. I swapped out. Yeah, yeah. And he's got one of those hydraulic thrones. Oh shit, eh? And I, I guess this is the first time I've ever used it, but I could not play because every time I would hit the kick drum, where my whole body sat was changing and so i was missing snare hits every time i hit the kick drum because like the seat was moving that's and so i understand fun. that's you know a comfort thing for some people but maybe maybe i just play super bouncy like my whole body bounces or something i don't know but i was missing everything because like every time i would go to kick or like use the hi-hat you know i do i count count uh time on the hi-hat a lot mm-hmm. every time i did that the seat was moving where I expected it to be. And so I was just missing everything. It was the craziest, craziest experience. Cause I was like, why I've never felt this before where like yeah. my, my, the only thing that I know isn't going to move on me is where I'm sitting mm-hmm. and it is moving. Yeah. Well, dude, I even, I've even found that some like drum risers, you'll get a oh, little yeah. bit of movement and it throws me way off. So I couldn't imagine like a hydraulic, like you're on a fucking pogo stand or well, something. It's, like a, like, it's a very common 
throne. Like it's like a very popular seat that people use. I guess I've just never felt it before. But I, I yeah, I've never used, not used one. to it. Yeah, it would definitely be something you'd want to get used to. I would think so, anyways. Once I had to swap it out mid set. I just grabbed whichever one was closest to me and just used that because I, yeah. I was like having, I was struggling. Yeah, like it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck, dude. Well, a lot of the times I will ask my guests, what is the biggest, like, onstage disaster that has ever happened? Uh, and that, I don't know if that's, like, uh, the biggest one, but is there anything else other than that that you can think of, like, that has happened while you're on stage that just, like... I think, yeah, I think a really bad one, this is my fault, um... We had a part, I don't know if you know our old stuff, like off Youth War, there's a song Color Code, and there's like a little breakdown that's like, dig it again, dig it again, dig it again, dig it again, like that. Like it's in the dig it again, dig it again, dig it again. It's that, you know? Yeah. And every time we practice it before the tour, I would joke and do it as like a dig it again, dig it again, dig it again, dig it again, dig it again. Like do it as this weird like metric modulation thing. Yeah. And... I would always joke about it. And then one show we were playing Bakersfield and I zoned out and I actually did it. Um, Like I wasn't paying attention. I just started doing it and everything fell apart. Like, (laughs) like guitar and bass, like just got so far off from what I was doing because my, I wasn't crashing in quarter notes anymore. Yeah. And like, so I wasn't keeping the time that they were expecting and everything fell apart. And I was just like, I, my bad. Like, I didn't mean to do that. Like, I know <laughs> I'd talk about it and joke about it, but I didn't mean to do it live. Yeah. Um, that's probably, that's probably the worst thing that at least that was my, my fault. Yeah. Like drop sticks all the time and all that, you know, all that the normal happens, stuff, but usually yeah. I can keep it together well enough. That was yeah. the one time where I, me, I screwed everything up. Yeah, so. you, you shit the bed completely. You threw everybody oh, off. Man. You didn't do your job. Your job is to keep time, and you completely... I, will, I was still playing the song in time. Okay. They got off because <laughs> they weren't expecting it. So I guess it... I mean, maybe it is it their fault. Come on. I don't know. They got to they gotta count. You know, they can count quarters I, in their head. Right? It definitely <laughs> sounded... It's Nobody wanted to get... I mean, at least, like, there were, like... 30 people at that show. It doesn't matter, but yeah, yeah. maybe they have a good memory of it. I don't know. Yeah. I like that. Nobody wanted to hear the song like that. No, oh, man, it was, <laughs> it was bad. Like, Oh man. It's hilarious. Well, dude, on that note, um, I think that's a great place to end this chat, man. Thank you very much for uh, sitting down and talking with me, man. Um, yeah, it's quite the pleasure glad to dude. be here. Yeah, dude. Um, so for everybody out there, um, Kublicon's new EP, Lowest Form of Animal, comes out April 1st on Rise Records. Uh, make sure you go check it out. You got do you got uh two songs, two singles out right now? Mm. I know Swan Song and uh Loyal to None um are out. Yes. I get confused because I Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So go check those out. Um yeah right now i mean it's not what it's like two weeks away it's really soon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like it's less than two weeks away yeah, it comes not, out. so who who knows maybe uh it'll be out by the time you hear this episode you know yeah 
Yeah, I, I have no idea when I'm going to release this stuff. So, you know, super, <laughs> super professional over here. No, you're you good. Know? You're good. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Well, thanks for uh, joining me, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure, dude. Yeah, I appreciate you. One second.